Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello, welcome to Horizon Powers. This is Scott Powers of The Athletic with Mark Lazarus of The Athletic as always. Mark, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Scott. That was quite a game last night, huh? Yeah, that was uh that was something, huh? That was uh yeah, unexpected and um refreshing in some ways. <laughs> you, you know, I wonder, you know, they put up, you know, what is it, eight goals last night. They put up eight goals against uh the Devils last week. I think they put up eight goals against Detroit at one point this year. When you when you see games like that, do you think the guys in the room are just like, God damn it, why aren't we doing this all the time? I know it's against weaker competition, but like, yeah. it's been so hard for this team to score in so many games. And then you're like, oh, that's right. There is a shit ton of offensive talent on this team when you really look at it. It'll be interesting because now they play Boston who just shuts, like, you know, yeah. like if they face that Bergeron line, if that Strom line goes against them. Like, I, I feel like there's an easy storyline there. Just it's, it's like, how real is this line? You know, and, and just, you telling me what to write, Scott? Nope, just telling you what's what's out <laughs> there, and because that's what I was going to write. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, just looking at Bergeron's numbers and just how, how they suppress teams, and a lot of it's just by them possessing the puck. But um, but yeah, it's you know this is what we've thought to bring Kid Stroman Kane would be, and um, I I see people like oh Carlton's an idiot or you know all these different things, and 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 sure like he, he deserves blame for a lot of what happened, but. They tried this for a long time, and and it worked for stretches, and it didn't at others. You know, like it's it's very inconsistent, and that's and that's why Dylan Strom was even a healthy scratch under Derek King. You know, like when King took over, they wanted Dylan Strom to succeed, and I think largely to trade him. You know, like they want they wanted Strom producing, they wanted him, and um, he got a chance to play with those guys early when you know when King took over, and then he struggled, and he became a healthy scratch again, and and now it's you know his confidence is there. He's um, you know, King feels like he's better away from the puck, and um, uh, yeah, no, no, just something, something's clicked, and obviously, you, you know, Kane, um, you know, like Kane just made some special plays last night too, and some of that helps. And you're playing with two high end players, but Strom obviously has that capability. So, yeah, I think some of that, you know, I'm, I'm sure this team, it, it's frustrated with itself, and I think Taves, you know, when Taves was asked about a rebuild the other day, I think he 
he struggles with that too because a lot of us thought this was a playoff team and they're not so they're I'm sure those players are wondering why, why this wasn't a playoff team and how far are we from being a playoff team and and some of them probably want to believe that they're they're pretty close and that that what we see in these uh, games like last night or you know it's not that unrealistic well it's 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 I guess the question here is is this for real is this one of these Dylan Strom stretches where you buy in and then he he, he lets you down in a couple of weeks and that's what the Blackhawks have to decide here. Right? You wrote about that today. This is Kyle Davidson's dilemma. Does he have a real building block piece here? He just turned 25 yesterday. This is a young, or two days ago. This is a young guy still. Dylan Strom just coming into his prime. Patrick Kane loves playing with him. If you want Patrick Kane to be a part of your process here, which I think you should, he's obviously still very, very good and has lots of good years ahead of him despite his age just because of the way he plays. You don't want to piss him off, right? They've already done that with Panarin and Schmaltz and, you know, a thousand other guys that have come through here that they've traded because they don't care who Patrick King is. Patrick King can play with anybody. Well, he likes playing with Dylan Strom. So you have to decide, is this guy a real building block piece or is this kind of a a really well-timed mirage where you just upped his trade value significantly and you can get maybe a second round pick for him? This is what Kyle Davison has to decide in the next week and a half here. Because all of a sudden, you're going to have some interest in Dylan Strom. He's been trying to trade him for a year, though the Blackhawks have been, going back to Stan Bowman. Now there's going to be some interest in him. This is a point-to-game player now for a pretty significant stretch, a couple of months here. So now you have to decide, do you want a second-round pick? Because second-round picks usually don't pan out. You're probably not going to get a first-round pick. Hell, a lot of late first-round picks don't pan out. Do you want a number 29 pick or a number 43 pick or whatever it's going to be for a 25-year-old who's playing at a point-to-game pace? It's not an easy decision. I understand the inclination to move on. He's been frustrating, and he's going to get a raise. He's already making $3 million. I get it. But there are a lot of risks to cutting ties with him, too, when you're a team that's you know in need of high-end talent that can play with guys like Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit. It comes down to where Davidson sees this team succeeding. Is it is it in a couple of years or is it five to ten years down the road? You know, like it's ten. Good lord, Scott. Well, that's you know, I was talking to someone. They thought it was like when you look at the last Blackhawks rebuild, it was they it was you know they went to the playoffs in two thousand two and then again in two thousand nine. Like it's it's. You know, like they're going to be, yeah, maybe not 10 years, but it's like the Blackhawks are so they're not like Reichel. And then there's not a whole lot there. There's some defensemen, but I don't even know if it's high end defensemen. Like after this year, it's like you don't have a goalie signed, you know, like there's there's a lot of things where I think Davidson needs to figure out like how like you said rebuild already. Like you, you've stated that pretty clearly and you don't want to be like Stan Bowman and, and waffle on that. So what you know, like does Dylan Strom help you in the process or does he slow you down and. Um, and I, and I think Kane likes playing with Strom, but I also think that Kane just wants to play with a high end player. So if, if it's not Strom, then is it, you know, like, are you going to replace that with someone else? Like what's the, the fact that doc hasn't taken that next step. And even last night playing on the wing, like it, it complicates it because the Blackhawks envision doc being Kane center for a while. And, um, that, that hasn't worked. So I don't, and then, yeah, this, then where is Reichel playing center or wing? Like what's, what's the future like? Cause th- Davidson needs to map a lot of those things out before you you move forward, and and you you need to have a clear picture of who you're prioritizing, what you're going for, because because if you keep Strom and if and if everyone else is coming back for the most part, like you, I think Kubalik's the one that'll be traded, but for the most part you have the same team, and 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 if the goal is to yeah replenish the pipeline and get assets, then who are you moving to do that? So I, yeah, it's really I don't have the answer. Like I didn't take a hard stance, and I know you've been a lot more. Um. Yeah, a lot more hot takes. No, don't get me wrong. I, stuff, I, right? I, I I understand all the arguments for trading Dylan Strom. I just think trading a young guy who fits and works and produces for you know essentially a, a scratch off lottery pick. 
you know, like another, a second round pick. Most of these guys do not become Brandon Sauter, Alex Dabrinkit. It just seems counterintuitive to me. And, and I, I know it's all about collecting assets, and it depends. If you get prospects in that mix too, then maybe that changes things. Maybe you're doing a package deal here where you can really move up and get a, a, a nice package back. There, there are all kinds of ways that you could trade Dylan Strom, and it makes sense. I'm just of the belief that this is one thing that Stan Bowman and I had in common, is you need good players at the top. You need to have stars. And Dylan Strom's not a star, but he's he can be that tier below that that complements stars very well. He works well with high-end players. And the Blackhawks are going to have some high-end players in Kane, Dabrinkit, you know, uh, Reichel, however you're going to make this system work. Uh, you need guys that can play with them. And, and Strom's doing it in all zones. He's winning face-offs. He's on the power play. I mean, he's not Jonathan Taves in his prime. He's never going to be Jonathan Taves in his prime. He's not the defensive force that Kirby Doc is. But he's a good player. He's a good player, and he's 25, and everyone on the team likes him. I don't understand why you'd be so quick to want to get rid of that. I think the problem is that they don't have the star center, right? Like, it's it's Taves becoming more of a third-line center. Yeah. Doc hasn't evolved into that. So, um, and, and Reichel, it's early. Like, it's going to be probably a couple of years before he's really flourishing. Like, you want to give him more of an opportunity next season. So, I think that's the challenge is that you're also stuck not stuck, but like you know your future is with Taves for at least two more seasons. You know, Doc, you're probably gonna hold on to and hoping that he turns out. And now you're you're suddenly opening a spot for for Reichel. So it it just I mean part of the problem with the Blackhawks this season, part of the problem with the Blackhawks going forward is that Taves is declining and you know, like he's hopeful he'll get back to what he was or something, and there's no guarantee. And then that that Doc hasn't taken that next step. So it's it's the center picture looks a lot different. And I think the way you look at Dylan Strom would look a lot different as either being a really nice complimentary piece or, 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 you know, now he's, he's looking, you're looking at him as your number one center because his other ones aren't panning out. And it certainly helps that he's gotten better at faceoffs in some of the areas, but he's never, you know, like you said, he's not going to be that elite center. So I think that's the struggle is with like, uh, the Blackhawks need more to succeed. So is is like I think Strom. This is Strom at his best. So if they, can they win with Strom at his best? Um, and you know how quickly are you putting pieces around him? Because if if you're looking to win in three years, then he's 28, and then it's long term contracts. Like it just becomes more complicated because. Uh, if he's producing, it's going to cost you more money. Like he's not just going to continue to settle for whatever you think you can pay him. So I, I it, 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 it's a really complicated picture. So like, I, I get it. Like I, I don't, and I, I don't, and I feel like I've taken the other side of this, but I'm, I also understand why you keep Dylan Strom and it's just, it's really complicated, you know? I, I look at him as kind of a bridge to whenever those next guys, you need, you still need players for the next couple of years, right? You still need someone to be, you know, you have to walk that fine line between but tanking is that, is that but not tanking. Is that Doc? Like, well, like, that's what, well, to... well, they're not there yet, though. That's what I'm saying. If you, if you have Strom as your, you know, he's not a true number one center in the league. I'll grant you that, but he can play in that role for a year or two. You sign him to a couple of year deal. He's not going to get a six year deal anywhere. You sign him to a two year deal. Yeah, you know that way. But you do, have you need to, do you need to present those opportunities to Reichel and Doc next years too? Like, do, do you need to have the chance for those guys I, to play with? I think Reichel you could be your number two center. Like you said, Taves is a good number three center right now. That's a good spot for him. Um, and Doc, you know, you get you can swap around Doc and Reichel on the wings. You could try to make that work. There are there are ways to make it work. You can never have like you can never have enough centers. I think we, you know you, you can get log jams, but those are good problems to have, and you want to be able to move these guys around and use them that way. Uh, I don't think it's a problem to have him around for another year or two. Kind of, you know, nobody's sold yet. I think we all know we've all seen the other side of Dylan Strom, so nobody's sold quite yet. And you know, you give him another year or two. You're not going to sign him to a long term deal after two good months. 
But, you, you know, he could be a bridge to that next generation because Reichel's not going to step in and be a true number one center right away. That's unrealistic, just like it was unrealistic for Doc. So you're going to have to have a couple of years where these guys have some kind of leeway. And you don't want a situation where you have some of these fourth liners playing like, you know, uh, like they, they've, we've had over the years where all of a sudden your second line center is really a fourth line center. You don't want to, I'd rather have too many centers than not enough centers. Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you used your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game-changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. This leads into what you wrote about the other day about Kane and Taves. And, and, and ultimately, Davidson's job in this rebuild is a lot easier and, and more simplistic if, if you don't have two of your, uh, you know, your franchise pieces signed and coming up on contracts. And, um, like, if, if Kane wasn't here, like, you you know, like, you think of the rebuild differently, you know. It'd like be a tank is, job. It'd be a total tank job. Yeah. So the, I, I, it, it just it's it, it's it'll be it's it's fascinating to what they're going to decide and how because uh, I, I I think right now and I wrote about it today that I think Kane and Taves don't believe that Davidson's going to rebuild it or that they think <laughs> this is real. You know, like if these are words that they've heard before and they don't believe it. Like as long as they're on the team, they feel like the Blackhawks have a chance. And um, so I I think what they do with Strom is a clear indication of um. Yeah, we're we're gonna keep one of our best offensive pieces, or we have someone who's really hot, and we're gonna move him for assets because we're gonna we're, we're we're doing a rebuild. So I I think I I think Kane and Taves might have a better sense of where this team's going because if you look around after the deadline and and all of a sudden the room doesn't have Strom and Kubalik and Flurry, uh, it, it, they look a whole lot different. You know, like this, I, I, it'll be really it's it's really interesting next few weeks of what this team looks like. And um, yeah, I, I think Kane and Taves will have a better sense of where Davidson wants to take them. If they do trade Strom, I'll be very interested to get Patrick Kane's honest reactions. Again, this is a thing that would be easier in a locker room setting where you could kind of talk one-on-one with a guy, not in a press conference setting. But he will be he was unhappy they traded Schmaltz. He was really unhappy when they traded Panarin. How many times can you burn the best player in franchise history, arguably, uh, before you lose him forever? And he says, screw it, I don't want to be here anymore. And I do think the Blackhawks want Patrick Kane here long-term. He's going to be very good for a while. He sells tickets. He sells merchandise. You don't want to piss them off. And I do think that that factors into this, which makes it, like you said, just absolutely fascinating. And people people have been saying all year, well, why am I harping on Dylan Strome? Because he's really a pivot point for this team. He's a really interesting piece. He's not a superstar and he's not a scrub. He's in this weird nether region and his fate is tied to the Blackhawks' fate in so many ways and it's tied to Patrick Kane's fate and it's tied to so many different aspects of this. Like Don McCubalik gets traded. Yeah, you lose a, a potentially good goal scorer, but that's that happens. Strom is this very interesting flashpoint that just kind of he's like he's going to be like a, a you know a bellwether for where this team is going. And I think it's it, it, again back to the point where Strom is 
this because the other centers aren't what they're supposed to be. Right. You know? Like, yeah. And and because I've had league sources being like, "What? Why are you guys writing about Dylan Strom? Like, he's not worth writing this much about. You know, like he's not. You're not going to win a championship with Dylan Strom as uh, you know. You try hard to get team for 82 games nine months out of the year. It's yeah, just hard, and, man. And, and, but I'm just saying, like, it's <laughs> it, it's it's there's this fascination. Um, yeah, I just it, it, Strom does mean a lot. Like he, they're producing because of Dylan Strom right now, and it's a team that struggled to score largely this season. So you you eliminate Dylan Strom from this team, this team. Yeah, it's you know like it, it's as much as they scored last night, it, it was that line that did a lot of the scoring. You know, like it, uh, you know they, Hagel scored and you know Carpenter scored off a, pain, a pass from Kane, but it, it's it's a team that. It's was largely supported by this line, and it, it, it's for the most of the season. It's been Debrinket and Kane, and those guys producing. And you take away Strom, um, yeah, it, it just it, it depletes this team, and and it, it certainly speaks to the depth of this team. But it also, yeah, it, it's he's a key ingredient right now. So it's um, yeah, I'm, I I don't know whether it's, you can win with Strom as a top line center. I, I think you need to build them around him. It's the same thing with Jake McCabe now too, where I I, I think I uh, you know I, I thought McCabe could step in and be. Um, you know, this defenseman, I think you just, you need to support him and Jones. I think they're both, they both can be really good defense, but you need enough defensemen around them. So it's, it's building that depth. Um, and, and I guess the other factor is that, uh, you know, like Kane and Taves are going to continue to get older. So where do their games continue to go to, you know, like it's, um, yeah, being the Blackhawks GM, it's, it's not a probably, you know, as much as people want to do the job, like it's, uh, this could go one way or the other and people can be angry and you can lose, you know, Kane and Tave. Um, and yeah, it, it'll, um, it'll be interesting to meet Kyle Davidson here in the coming years. Well, he's got help now. Uh, Norm McIver is coming back. Norm McIver was, uh, uh, I think he was an assistant GM under Stan Bowman, and then he got kind of demoted to like director of player personnel, something like that. Well, he went to Seattle when he fell out of Stan Bowman's kind of inner circle. Now he's back. He was a mentor for Kyle Davidson, and it's interesting that they keep kind of you know, we keep hearing about how the Blackhawks are going to be this forward-thinking new organization, and they hired a guy who's been in here for ten years to be the GM, and now they're hiring a former player, a former GM, a AGM to be an associate GM. Uh, they kind of keep going back to the well. And, and, and look, here, here, I'm torn on this because I don't know Norm McIver very well, but people I respect respect him a lot. Smart people I talk to think he's a smart person. Uh, he seems like for. You know, he knows the team, obviously, very well. He knows the system. There's lots of reasons to hire him, and I get that. But how he was he was a, he was the director of player development, I think was his title, in 2010. How many times can this team go back to that 2010 well? I mean, Brian Campbell was a player on that team. He's going to be an assistant GM. That's pretty clear. Um, you know, we just had a Nicholas Chalmerson uh, legacy night. I, I, I just... I don't know. I, I think I, it's important that people talk, right? Like Nicholas Jarmelson didn't yes. talk to us. Like they, he's never spoken on the record. I don't know if he took took part in the independent re, re, report. I, I think Davidson certainly needs to speak. I, I'm hoping that we get a chance to sit down with Danny Wirtz at some point because they've certainly uh, welcomed back a lot of these 2010 people in a lot of different ways. Um, I hope Norm McIver is allowed to speak. Like I think they're they're you know like there needs to be some answers and needs to be because yeah I, I don't I don't think you can just like things it's not it, things aren't just going away you know like we're not right. not going to pretend like the last last year didn't and happen. Look, look perception is reality in this business we all know that like there's a you know from what i've heard you know norm McIver was he was he certainly wasn't in that me, that fateful meeting where they discussed Kyle the Kyle Beach allegations and all that he wasn't part of the cover up but you know he was in the organization and all and like you said Jomerson, i i 
I have to say, I'm kind of disappointed in Nicholas Chalmerson. He didn't respond to any texts or calls from uh, me all summer. I know Craig Morgan uh, was out there trying to reach him too. too Yeah. I mean, we're all, and he didn't respond and that's fine. He was going to, he was going to retire quietly. Right. Okay. Sure. Nice timing. But then he comes back and he has this big legacy night and, you know, we had requests for him. You know, I know several reporters had requested he talk and he talked to Jenna Rose who is a team employee, he talked to the Blackhawks radio booth team employees, and he talked to the Blackhawks TV booth team employees. He didn't talk to us. And I don't think that's the Blackhawks deal. I think that's a Nicholas Jalmerson decision. He didn't want to do this. And like you said, we don't know what he knows about 2010, about Kyle Beach. We don't know if he spoke to, to the Jenner and Block people. Like these are things we need to know about every single person that comes through here that's affiliated with that 2010 team. They got to get that out of the way. You have to tell us that. Everyone has to come out and talk about it. No, nobody wants to. Nobody wants us to ask these questions anymore, but this is important. And well, Brian Campbell's going to have to do the same and, thing. And, 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 well, I guess on the other hand, it's like they, they, they don't, no one needs to do anything, but for them not to be judged or to be always associated with like that, it, it's up to them, you know? Like, we you can't be skulking in the shadows. Yeah. Well, yeah, like just, it, it's it, like there can always be skepticism over. It and, and and I think it always you know obviously 2010 is always going to be scarred in some way but yeah the more that those guys speak or, or you know and and who knows if they're even telling the truth all the time but I I think those questions are to be had if you ever do one to full like the, the, at some point there will be a larger anniversary of the 2010 team again you yep. know like uh, yeah I I don't know like those questions continue to persist unless you start talking and and you know like I yeah I, don't, I just it's like it's all it's Jarmelson's right not to speak to us like we you know like we have no you know subpoena on him but it's it's it, <laughs> but it, he should if talk you, if you don't want to be talk. associated with that and 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 having covered Jarmelson like he wasn't a player who ever ducked the question so that's what's so disappointing is you know I I, I went back and I, I read my the, the 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 dirge I wrote for him over the summer when he retired and I was talking about how one of my favorite things about him was that just like he wasn't afraid of blocking a shot he wasn't afraid of a hard question he would never he would speak his mind he wasn't worried about the all the the John McDonough rules about what you can and can't say uh after a loss after a game he didn't his I don't give a fuck level was so high it was great it, it made me really respect him and for him to go this long without, you know, talking to anybody on the record, anyone who's going to ask him a hard question, it bothers me. It's, it's disappointing. I expected more of him. And, you know, the Blackhawks need to address these things if you're going to keep you – know, look, 2010 Stanley Cup champions are always going to be a part of this franchise. And they have every right to celebrate them and to do things that are positive. But you you, you also need to address the elephant in the room when you do this, when, you're, when you come back. And, you know, I, I go back to when I talked to Duncan Keith in Edmonton back in November, I think it was. Um, you know, I set it up with the Oilers uh, and they said, look, we're, we just want you to ask about hockey. And I was like, that's fine. We'll just talk about hockey. That's the rules. That's the rule. They put me and Duncan Keith in a room and Duncan Keith, I'd already asked him about this stuff on a Zoom when he was traded. But we sat down in the room and we started talking. We were talking hockey and talking about his son and the trade and all that. And I said, and I, I said, look, I turned off my recorder and I said, look, um, you, if you don't want me to ask you about the Kyle Beach stuff, I won't because I'm not going to force you to, I can't force you to talk, but it's going to look bad if, if, if I don't ask the question, it's going to look bad if you don't answer the question. He goes, no, it's fine. Let's talk about it. And we talked about it. Like you got to do that. You have to accept the fact that this is now a part of that story. And if the Blackhawks are going to bring people back from 2010, we need to know what they knew, or at least what they say they knew. We need to know if they, if they cooperated with the general block reporter, if they didn't talk, these things matter. They matter to fans. They matter to us and they matter in the big picture. So I, I don't know I, how to make guys do that, but fr- from, I don't think this is everyone, but I, I get a sense that there are players that are the fact that Kyle Beach wasn't really on the team and that they there are some players who just th- they, they say they didn't know anything like they're I think guys just want to ignore this. You know, like yeah. there's a percentage that just are like they're upset that um, not, not that they don't feel bad for Kyle Beach, but they're angry that they 
are being torn you know like they're being painted with that brush yeah and and that and that their legacy of what they've done like like ultimately like when the blackhawks do have a 25 year reunion um sam bowman and and joel quinville can't be there you know like it's it's just it's i don't think joel quinville can ever be associated with this team at least from a uh, organizational standpoint, you know, maybe they do something separately, and I'm sure the players think of Joel Quinville differently than than uh, than a lot of people do right now. You know, with how he you know dismissed it, and you know, um, so yeah, I don't. I think that's always there's always going to be something there because of that. Like the Blackhawks just can't welcome back those people and, and celebrate that team as they could, and and I think there are players on that team that are. Um, that yeah are, are not yeah I don't know, angry but just yeah they probably yeah, don't want to deal with it you know I, I don't think this is like the Blackhawks shielding these players I think it's the no. players don't want to talk yeah like this, no, this is this isn't a Blackhawks thing this is a individual thing and you know when Brian Campbell is named assistant GM we need to hear from him about not just his plans you know we need to hear from him about this and if it's just I didn't know I didn't hear about it until this came out or I didn't know until the next then then that's fine that's all it is. I mean, but you need to at least go on the record and say, this is what I knew. This is what I didn't know. This is how I feel about it. And then you can start moving on. Like we don't, we talk to Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves on a regular basis. We're not bringing up Kyle Beach all the time because we've already talked to them about it. Like you have to, you have to get past it. You're never, you'll never get past it completely, but you have to talk about it so that we can move on from those questions. Otherwise, it's just going to be this uh, this this terrible lingering thing over everything. So Al Mc, you know, Al McIsaac, excuse me, Norm McIver is going to have to talk about this. Uh, hopefully, Al McIsaac will one day. Norm McIver should have to talk about this. He was, I mean, as the director of player development, theoretically, a, a prospect like Kyle Beach was directly under his purview. Did he know about this? Did he do anything about this? I don't know. I have no idea. This, these yeah. are questions that need to be answered. He might not have. This was clearly kept in an inner circle, and he wasn't in that inner circle way back then, but he was on the, the masthead at that time. It, it's a relevant question. Uh, until everyone's talked about it, it's going to keep getting asked. And, and it's just as and even more important, I think, for what did, you know, did those, were those questions had by Kyle Davidson and, and, and even larger by Danny Wirtz, you know, like, what makes you comfortable in in hiring rehiring these people or you know putting them in these large roles when you've when there's so much focus on you know what happened with Kyle Beach and and wanting to change and what you know like I want to get their takes on why the, the, this is why the why they're comfortable with this you know like that's um and and yeah I think that's just important like why why are you comfortable hiring these people why um you know like are you convinced that they're they weren't associated or knew anything or what? You know, like those are important answers because, um, you know, for Norm McIver to come back, yeah, it's easy, an easy decision. Like he, him, and Kyle Davidson. But but what did Davidson ask McIver or what did you know what Campbell like? What did they? What was said in the report? What did they say? You know, like what 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 comfort level did uh, what they had to say provide Danny Words enough to be like, yeah, you know, like we know that uh, we knew you you were involved and associated with the team, but we're 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 okay with what you're saying to bring you back. So, and again, perception is reality, right? So everyone sees this, and you know, it's, we started hearing about this a couple of days ago that this was going to happen. And I got a bunch of texts from people, you know, that were, uh, you know, uh, around the team or used to be with the team or want to be with the team. And they're like, it's just more of the same. It's you know, going beyond Kyle Beach. You know, you you came in with this Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner came in with this whole idea that we're going to do things differently and we're going to think outside the box. And they're just hiring old Blackhawks. I mean, uh, uh, what you know, you, you bring in the Cubs assistant GM and he's a finalist, and then. No, we're just going to go all internal hires. I mean, Norm McIver, for all intents and purposes, is another internal hire. At what point do you start soliciting, uh, uh, you know, advice and opinions from people outside the Blackhawks organization if you're really trying to do things differently here? So, I'm again, Norm McIver, smart guy, well-respected, uh, uh, close with Kyle Davidson, 
makes perfect sense that they would hire him. He could do a very good job. Uh, everyone I talk to likes Norm McIver and thinks he's really good. That's not the point here. This isn't to disparage Norm McIver. It's just to say, mm-hmm. boy, people on the outside seeing this are just shrugging their shoulders and saying it's more of the same. Yep. You uh, you put out some uh, Twitter questions. We get anything interesting? I did. I haven't even looked at the, any of them yet. So, <laughs> all right. Marie Manning, who's a frequent listener, says, "I would like to know the case against Derek King as permanent coach of the Blackhawks. To me, he has the right character, attitude, and experience. He has the patience to rebuild. Give me the other side, please, and thank you." Yeah, it probably comes down to X's and O's, right? Like it, it's, yeah. it's uh, matching up, and and Derek King's you know openly like he's been open about everything, just getting comfortable coaching in the NHL level, and Mark Crawford's. Um, assisted with some of that, so it's. Um, I, I think I think what Kyle Davis needs to figure out again is is where you're going in the next few years and what type of coach you need. Because I, the more that I'm around Derek King, like he he brings the right, um, it, he's bringing the right atmosphere that even you know like whether it's it's this or a complete rebuild or whatever. Like he, I, I think he brings the right temperament for that. Um, is is he bringing the right development side? Like are we don't, we're not seeing that. And I think the sample size is small. You know, we, we see what he can, you know, like we've seen some of the players who've come through Rockford. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it, it really, are, are you looking to win now? Like, you know, like, again, that's not what they're saying, but if you're looking for a coach that, um, you know, that's had success at the NHL level and, and looking to win now, then maybe it's not Derek King too. So yeah, I, uh, I, I think some of those have to come into play, but it, I, I, if anything, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's more of what you're going to do in the next few years and how, what kind of coach fits that mold. I mean, I can see him as like a Rick Renteria with the Cubs, right? Almost like a placeholder, like wait till we get good again. And then we go and we get the guy. Uh, I don't know if that, I, I don't think he's going to get the job. I understand the arguments for and against, I think, you know, I think people perceive him as an unserious man because he's kind of got the dad jokes lined up a lot, like Uncle Derek's out there. Like, people were mad that after the Lightning game on Sunday, he sat down and the first thing he said was, well, we didn't have any uh, too many men penalties. Like, lighten the fuck up, Francis. It, th- this is a lost season, and he cracked a joke. You just lost to the two-time defending Stanley Cup judge. You want the, to overturn the table and start just F-bombing everyone? Like, relax. It was funny. It was a good line. You know, yeah, and it, I get that, that doesn't make he's, him he's, an unserious man. Yeah. I, and, and, yeah, I mean, there's definitely points where he's serious. And he's and he's done a good job of being like, you know, it's on us as coaches. Like, he's taken a lot more yeah. accountability than we've we've seen at times. So, I, I think, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think he's hit the right tone in the, in a lot of different ways. I, again, you know, I don't see what's behind the scenes and, um, you know, the X's and O's, some stuff where it just – this team isn't – you know, like, it's not great. So, it, it's uh, it's hard to, to say. Like, they've improved in areas and – I feel like, uh, you know, like they, they saw there was an issue with the neutral zone and they they went out and addressed it. You know, like there's been there's been positive steps like they're a better defensively team defensive team now than they were at the beginning of the season. So, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I, I think there's there, I'm, you know, I, I guess we see probably see the more of the pros and cons. But, you know, it's Kyle Davidson coming in and maybe wanting to make his own hire there, too. So. Yeah, All right. Uh, ben Cuckler says, I want to know why you willingly discriminate and ostracize an already struggling minority group, those of us who have Green Hawks jerseys. Look, <laughs> the Green Hawks jerseys are awful. They are awful. The Blackhawks jerseys, you know, we can t- say what we want about the logo and all that. It's a very aesthetically pleasing uniform. And to make it green, it's stupid. It's awful. And this is coming from a guy who loves the Dallas Stars jerseys, which are basically the Blackhawks jerseys in green. I get it. But that's a Dallas color. Green is not a Chicago color. Stop doing the green jerseys. They're stupid looking. Thank you. That is my TED talk. Um, I, I don't care what I, I agree. The jerseys don't look good, but I, I am all for the Irish people trying to express themselves. And <laughs> if, I am not going to suppress the Irish. Look, we paint. They, they dye the river green. We all love that. That's all right, great. Fuck but off, like, move, on, on, move on. Move on. Move on. Enough. Enough. 
Johnny Blazowski asks, uh, curious about uh, if Kurashev and where anyone thinks he fits if he does going forward. His name doesn't come up much one way or the other. He really has kind of had a quiet season this year. Yeah, he's he's pretty much been the same as he was last season. Like the numbers are very similar. And th- this was, the, the, it goes back to like, it's hard to, you know, like it's tough to say, but what you are in junior in a lot of ways is what you are later on. Like if you didn't produce at a high level, like Kershaw was a nice junior player. He didn't blow things up. Um, you know, I was just talking to Corey Promen about him the other day and, and he thought it just comes down to Kershaw skating where he's just not a, uh, a good enough skater. I like there's upsides to Kershaw. Like he'll have those moments where he had that arguably the goal of the year last year. Um, and then he's just, he's inconsistent. He's been a healthy scratch. He went to rock for this year. I, I think if Kershaw could really, uh, like he's a smart player. Like he does have some physical traits and he thinks the game at a high level, but he can really embrace being a bottom six guy. Like he can, like I thought that Lafferty Carpenter Kershaw line was pretty good. Like you, if, if Kershaw could be a bottom six player for you, you can find a role for him. It's just, um, I, I thought it was interesting. They put him at center last night like that. Like we haven't seen him there as much. Um, you know, like it, you had Kershaw at center, Doc at wing and Tyler Johnson at wing. And so, um, I, again, it, it's 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 the center big picture too, like or, or the wingers even, like where where does Kershaw fit in? So uh, he, he's he's still on the young side. So I I, um, but I I don't know how much more he takes that next step, or you know, like uh, is he gonna be this guy who's bouncing in and out, or you know, is this is this gonna be his career? Yeah, he, he seems like a he could be a very useful, versatile up and down the lineup player. But when he has a great game, you notice him, and he's out there, and he's making plays, and he's hustling, and he's forechecking, and he's you know generating chances. And then there's games where he just like forgot he even exists. Yeah, and like he he got a chance in the, the top line early in the season or something. Remember? He's like played he, with Taves a couple of times. I mean, he's, he gets he gets chances here and then, and he's got skill. We've seen him. I remember was it last year? He had that incredible goal where he went through like four or five defenders. There's skill there. But, you know, he might need to become more of a grindy type of player just because there might not be a skill spot for him on this team. And I think you can, again, it's 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 what can you win with. If if Kuroshev is, you know, like, yeah, if, he, he's, if he's down your lineup and he can provide you a little bit of offense, those are ingredients to winning. Yeah. It's, it's the problems when you, you're having those guys in two larger roles probably, you know, just out of their comfort zone so well yeah like 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 sam lafferty is a guy like that too right sam lafferty I, he I, I i like his game he's always going he's hustling he's forechecking he's clearly not much of a finisher yet but there's there's a lot to like he's everything he was advertised by my friends in pittsburgh I, this is a guy that everyone's gonna like watch him play and there's a spot for a guy like that but it has to be on like a fourth line if sam lafferty's playing in your second line you have a problem yeah like if your line was kershev carpenter lafferty like you can like I think you can feel good about your fourth line. Yeah. Just, it's right now. It's the end whistles and the Slavens and like you. You've they have a Reese Johnsons who they they certainly love. Like yeah. Um. And it'll be and I think Lafferty like they either need to resign or walk away or Carpenter. You know he's the UFA too. He might get traded. So like you may see that fourth line reshape. But yeah, I I I, I don't think the Blackhawks would be in a bad shape keeping those guys. It just it depends on what's what's around them in those other lines. All right, short episode today. You got a uh, uh, Derek King's availability in a practice. I got to hop a flight to Boston. Uh, stick around. We got lots of covers left. We'll obviously be beating the dead horse on the deadline for the next week and a half. Uh, and we got some big things planned for after the deadline, too. So uh, make sure you check us out on The Athletic. Read Scott's Dylan Strong column today. Um, I think I've hit my quota on Dylan Strong columns. We'll see if I have another one in me after the <laughs> deadline. <laughs> um, I, 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 it went through my head yesterday. I'm like, God, we've, like, I, I also, like, I. I obviously write read everything you write, but it's like, like did Mark write this specific? Egg? Like, it, it just, you know, I, I guess if it came after Davidson, it'd become permanent GM. The, the, then, there's only 20 guys on the team. You're gonna write about the same guy from time. To time. I know, and then he is the most. Yeah, he's just he's the most interesting one during the deadline. So, um, yeah, so yeah, no, I, I, 
was like, well, Mark's written a lot about this. Can I write about this? And, but but anyways, so, yeah, here we are at. So yeah, we got we got plenty of stuff, and the deadline will certainly be packed. And um, yeah, we got a lot of. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll maybe we'll do a Q&A, or maybe we can do one of those... Uh, the live rooms again, yeah. Yeah, live rooms again. We haven't done those. So. But uh, yeah, we'll be back at it next week. So for Mark Lazarus, I am Scott Powers, and this is Laz and Powers. And I know that I can't fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try? Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.